All right, so hello, this is Avenue producer Daisy Carter here with my good friend Colton. How, how are you, Colton, this afternoon? I'm doing great, Daisy. Thank you for asking. <laughs> we are both um, wearing protective gear. You have on, can you describe what you have on really I, quick? I have a face mask and a face shield on. That really sucks. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. Uh, It'd be like that sometimes. It really do. From Alaska Teen Media Institute, this is Podcast in Place, Youth Stories from Quarantine, a series about youth in Alaska during the COVID-19 pandemic. We're bringing you stories, interviews, and audio diaries from teenagers and young adults stuck at home without anything else to do. I'm Atme producer Armin DeLoes, recording this on an iPad in my house, since the main Atme studio is closed for the time being. Colton Hester is only 19 years old, but currently holds down two very different jobs. He works at Starbucks, but he is also a patient care tech in the renal care unit of Providence Medical Center. As I said, two very different jobs, but both in a sense are essential positions during a pandemic. Atme senior producer Daisy Carter, who is close friends with Colton, met up with him to talk about being an essential worker during the COVID-19 pandemic just last week on September 9th. What are some protocols that Starbucks has been taking to keep employees and customers safe? Immediately when you walk in through the front door, you need to have um, your face mask on. And if you're an employee, you automatically use the hand sanitizer immediately to your right. You have to keep your your face mask on throughout your whole shift. And um, we have to wash our hands every 30 minutes if we have any contact with... um, any of our customers, we have to wash our hands immediately. Don't touch anything. And um, the bars have been split in half. So, and we have uh, barriers, screen barriers. And um, it's made it a little bit difficult to move around. It has. I used to work at Starbucks, actually with Colton as well. So I'm just kind of wondering how, did you guys like get tested before or anything? My coworker. She um, turned out to be COVID positive, and so the everyone who worked with her, um, who came into contact with her, all got sent home, and the store actually shut down for about two weeks, I think is what it was, and um, everyone who was in contact with her had to get tested, and thank gosh everybody was negative except her. Um, but that was a little bit rough, and I think the biggest thing right now is even though Starbucks is such a big corporation, I know people, they they have been worried that they're not going to get paid because I think the last, the two weeks that everybody took off was such a big hit to our store that I don't think if something like that were to happen again, you'd have to like take your vacation or sick time, and Starbucks wouldn't be able to cover it. So I think people have just been really, really worried that somebody might test positive again. That's really unfortunate that, yeah, like she got negative. And actually, that was what I was going to ask you is, like, if Starbucks has protocols to, like, you know, to for um, if someone does te- test positive. So it's unfortunate that you guys had to, like, exercise that, I guess. Yes, at least at least the first two weeks we got paid. And then we ended up getting a small little group 
back in there um, through it was like we were open from nine to three or something it was, it was a limited hours because we had limited people and so it, it was hard it really was how have customers been reacting to the new um, changes like the mask only and you know like seeing you guys like having to wash your hands or stuff like that a lot of customers are very helpful and understanding and even if you go through the drive-thru like a lot of our customers will have their own masks on and that just makes us feel better I know it's been it's been a little bit rough because everybody like they have to work because they need a job they have bills to pay but they're also like scared to work so to see customers um, being careful and like also following you know standards and like the CDC regulations of wearing a mask everywhere really really helps um, but you know we do get that one customer who's like that's absolutely ridiculous that we even need to have a mask on and they say they're not going to wear one and um, we came close to calling the cops to escort this one man out but never got all the way there he he finally decided to leave yeah i was actually gonna ask like if there was um if there was an actual like isolated incident where that happened can you kind of like elaborate more of what happened he didn't want to wear it just because he was saying it was his rights and everything and i mean i i believe like it's your right if you don't want to wear it but don't expect that when your city is under um a law or whatever it's not martial law but it's pretty freaking close like that that is the city mandate that we have right now and you can get fined quite a bit for not wearing a mask and especially with this whole covid thing a lot of people don't realize that i mean i think even now it's considered an act of terrorism actually if you like were to threaten somebody by not wearing your mask and so i mean you can do whatever you want but in, in the end like if a store says you have to wear a mask if the city and the mayor say you have to wear a mask don't expect to go someplace and get what you want and, and like they won't give it to you i mean you know since you do work at two jobs um we're gonna kind of switch over to the hospital job and can you kind of elaborate on like what hospital you work at and like what's your position at the hospital so i work at providence alaska medical center it's one of the bigger hospitals that we have in the state. And um, I'm a PCT, patient care tech in the renal care unit. My job is to get there an hour before the day shift nurses do to get um, patients ready for dialysis. Not all of them go, but usually a couple of them at least. And my job is to get them ready to go to dialysis, make sure that they have their blood sugar checked. There are, um, a lot of people have like compression, compression socks and garments just because with dialysis, like the reason they're getting dialysis is because their um, legs or hands or feet, wherever it is, are retaining fluid. And so dialysis tries to take that fluid out of you because like, you either can't go to the bathroom or whatever reason it may be. But um, my job there has definitely been interesting just because we have to wear a face mask 24-7, which is correct. I mean, 
I, I believe in that. We don't want to get anybody else sicker, and you're in a hospital. And we also have to wear face shields now with whenever we're within six feet of a patient. It's just been, it's been really, really crazy. And then working with two jobs, I mean, we, and COVID tests usually take a little bit to come back. We think, gosh, we have these um, COVID rapid tests that take about 45 minutes to an hour down in our labs. And then we'll send a second sample um, to the main labs, wherever those may be. And um, my, my coworker, she and I were with this one patient for a whole day because he was confused, forgetful, delirious, and um, we just, he had to be watched almost like a one-to-one, which means you have to stay with him 24-7. And he was, he was a big, tall man, and it was hard to keep him, like, in, in, in line of sorts or whatever with like you have to stay in bed and everything else because he could barely walk and we don't want anybody falling of course it's a hospital I even believe I worked overtime that day so I was working like 12 hour shifts with the nurses um, just to help him out and later turned out, later turned out that he was COVID positive and um, we didn't have to get tested unless we started showing symptoms but myself and like five other people who had been directly working with that patient were all sent home, which left our unit a little bit scarce. And people were having to work a little bit extra. And we have 12 beds in our unit. And it's, it goes like um, four patients per nurse. So they cut down our patients in our unit and sent them elsewhere if they needed and um no it was it, it was pretty interesting but i had i had to have two weeks off thank god that was covered by providence um due to pandemic pay but um i also had to leave my other job yeah it was it was hard yeah that's so crazy what did you do for like for like quarantine i guess like what have you been doing <laughs> So the CDC regulation states that if you are COVID positive, you have to remain in isolation in your house 24-7. If you have a backyard, yeah, you're going to go in the backyard, but you are not allowed to leave and go out into public, not in a vehicle, nowhere. And um, thank God I wasn't COVID positive because I decided that I would go isolate myself at my cabin and um, I just fished. Yeah. You just fished at your cabin? Yep, I fished, had a couple of fires and stuff. It was two weeks. It was very, very relaxing. But it was also like the first couple of days I I was very, very worried. Very, very worried that what if I do have it? Because it takes, it takes many days sometimes before you even start getting the symptoms, before realizing that you might have COVID. I, I was I was very thankful that I didn't have it. My coworker, on the other hand, was not so unfortunate. Her and I were the ones who spent the most time with the patients, and I'm not sure if she ever got it tested and became positive or not. But she was very very close. Wow, that's crazy. Um, can you kind of like elaborate on like the atmosphere, like in the hospital with COVID nineteen? So definitely. Going back to Starbucks, actually, real quick, the atmosphere, because I know so many people there are very emotional, 
and they like the whole atmosphere just completely changed like people were more intense and scared and didn't really know how to handle their emotions I want to say and um, there were like a couple times like people were just getting irritated over silly things but I mean people are just so worried about it where at the hospital I feel like as a trained medical professional like we have a little bit more grip on things um, maybe not so much the patients of course they're they're worried because um, like we, we have COVID patients that come in and um, what most people don't know is as a PCT um, if my unit doesn't need me I get floated to other units and so other units could have a COVID patient that I work with and in the end or whatever um, I'll end up back at my unit and I mean I could spread it that way because even though people don't get it and you still come into contact you may not get symptoms you may be perfectly fine but you could be a carrier and you could spread it to somebody else and like give it to them I guess and um it just it's very very I, I think as healthcare workers, we're, we're on top of it. Like, we need to be some more than others. But patients, I think, are still very, very worried that something might happen. Have you actually worked with, like, COVID pa- patients? Yes, I have. I've been in the ICU and IMCU. And there have been a couple COVID patients that I um, have had to work with. We have to wear a, um, a gown, gloves... Um, we have the we have this airflow machine because COVID is COVID is um, transferred by like aerosol of sorts. It, it's like uh, like droplets in the air that kind of like spray from your mouth essentially, which is why you want to make sure that you have your face mask covering your face, your 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 mouth, and your nose because it can get in both ways even your eyes which is why we have these um it's it's called a papper and it's like a full like helmet style um face shield that circulates airflow so that and it's got like a little machine and stuff so that it comes over your eyes and down to push whatever covid gets in there and um, it's been it's been a little scary. It has, and then definitely I've worked in the ER a couple times, um, the emergency department, a couple times, and um, I mean that's probably one of the more scarier places I would want to say because, I mean somebody comes in, you you don't know they're COVID positive or not, at least before they get to the other units they're tested first, but working in the um, emergency department like. You gotta treat them because sometimes it's life or death, and you, you never know. And you can't be wearing the papper all the time. So it's just it's very very different. It really is. Can you kind of describe like what your what like if someone was to go in to Providence and be like, hey, like I think I have COVID, or oh, I tested and I tested positive, or or they need to like be like on bed rest. Can you kind of describe on like what the process is in, at the hospital with that? So, number one, in order to get admitted to the hospital, from my knowledge, 
because again, I, I work in the renal care unit and I only float down to the emergency, emergency department every so often. So I'm not caught up on all of the like um, ED regulations. But from what I do know is that to be able to get admitted, like you have to be showing symptoms and stuff. And if you want to get a test, there are um, other testing sites outside of the main hospital for you to go to that are a little bit more like you stay in your car and they're like drive up but um you, you can go get your test and it, it'll take like three three five days or something where like if you are showing symptoms and having problems with your health then that's when we would use the rapid test just because we don't want to be using the rapid test for everyone that's only for people who are in need of it or healthcare workers who are in need of it in case something were to happen. How has going from one essential job to the other one affected you? Um, like I said earlier in the interview, I got, um, I was in direct contact with that other patient and um, there was like seven of us who had to go, but of course me having my other job I had to let them know and I wasn't able to work there and so um, immediately I let them know and they said if I started to show symptoms and stuff I let them know because I still worked until I found out because we didn't find out like until a day or two later that that patient that we had spent all day with um, was COVID positive so it you know, what happens at one job generally will affect the other job, especially if you can't go to one. You don't want to go to the other and spread it more. That was Atme Senior Producer Daisy Carter speaking with her friend, Colton Hester. You've been listening to Podcast in Place Youth Stories from Quarantine from Alaska Teen Media Institute. Our show's theme music was composed by Devin Schreckengust. Stay tuned for more stories from quarantined youth. You can find these stories at alaskateammedia.org, where we have included resources for youth during quarantine as part of a partnership with the State of Alaska Division of Behavioral Health. Many thanks to supporters of our podcast, including the Anchorage Museum at Rasmussen Center, the United Way of Anchorage, the Alaska Humanities Forum, and the National Endowment for the Humanities. The views expressed in this program do not necessarily represent the views of the National Endowment for the Humanities or other sponsors. Thanks to our listeners who contribute to our programs and help us leverage additional funds and grants. If you'd like to support Youth Voices in Anchorage and help keep our podcast going, you can donate to our organization by going to alaskateenmedia.org and clicking Donate. Also on our website, you can learn more about what our organization does, listen to past episodes of our podcast, or find out how you too can get involved. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For Alaska Team Media Institute, I'm Ormond DeLois. Thanks for listening, stay safe out there, and we'll get through this together. <laughs>